Jewish Board Talk with Sharice Zaffert. I am hoping I've got Lisa Leff um, on the line. Professor Leff, are you there? Hello. Yes, Hi. this is Lisa. Hi, Lisa. Um, uh, welcome. I'm about to introduce you. Um, Professor Lisa Lepp is a historian of 19th and 20th century Europe whose research focuses on Jews in France. Her second book is the award-winning The Archive Thief and tells the story of Zosa Tchaikovsky, an influential Jewish historian who stole tens of thousands of documents from French archives and sold them to libraries in the United States. Um, Lisa will be giving three talks at Limud, and two of them are around the French Revolution, Napoleon, and Jews. Lisa, um, it's an absolutely fascinating topic, Jews in France, and there always seems to be like a disconnect at some level between uh, support for Jews in France and anti-Semitism in France. And I wonder if you could give me a, a historical perspective. Yes. Um, one of the most interesting things about um, modern France is that on the one hand, you have a lot of support for Jews. You know, France is the first country to give Jews equal rights uh, during the revolution. But then you also have a tradition of anti-Semitism. And one of the things I like to point out is that these things are in some ways interrelated. The philo-Semitism and the anti-Semitism both make Jews a very potent symbol of of a secular state, right? So if those who support the Jews say we support the Jews because it symbolizes what we are, and the anti-Semites are using the same symbolism to say we don't want that kind of state, we don't want secularism. And I think we see that even today. So do you think it's the same dynamics at play right from the beginning? I mean, I think the dynamic is very old and goes really back to the Enlightenment, you know, where the Enlightenment thinkers made Jews into a great symbol of everything they stood for. Um, but the language continues to the present day. Because hmm. when I think of French and Jews, I think of obviously Napoleon, and, um, and he's giving of Jew- Jewish rights. And I'd like to ask you what you think that moment was and whether there was a special relationship with Napoleon and um, Jewish communities. Well, I mean, there certainly was a special relationship. You know, Napoleon solidified Jewish rights. Um, and as part of his commitment to equal, you know, to a secular state, to having all people equal before the law and not having a state religion. Um, at the same time, right, it's, it's not a, it's not without its, um, problems because I think Jews at the time would have preferred to keep national rights. Um, and that was not going to be part of the deal. So Jews could only become citizens if they stopped having communal rights, that is to say their own courts, their own laws, and they had to submit to living by the same laws, everyone. So what was the reception at the time? Sorry? What was the reception by the Jewish community at the time of Napoleon? Oh, well, you know, they they were such a small minority with so little power, (laughs) and the consequences of any public display of disagreement would have been banishment. So, they so had no there choice. was no way to have any. So what they did instead was to just make sure that they kept room for their religion and their practice. And they did that in all sorts of ways within the structure that Napoleon established for the religion. And that's how we have the synagogue system of today. 
Lisa, it's absolutely fascinating. We have to take a very short break. But after okay. the break, we're going to maybe look a little bit at l- a later history like the Dreyfus Affair. Jewish Board Talk with Sharice Zaffert. And I'm talking to Professor Lisa Leff, who is one of many presenters that will be speaking at Limud. Um, Professor, uh, um, her expertise is uh, French Jews and um, history of the 19th and 20th century Europe. You can't talk about France Jews if you don't mention Dreyfus. Um, how important a moment was that in Jewish history? Sorry? Um, when we talk about Jews and France, it's hard not to mention the Dreyfus Affair. Oh, yes, of course. And I just wondered what your comments are with regard to the importance of that in yeah, Jewish affairs. I mean, in a way, it goes back to what we were saying before about Jews being such an important symbol of what the French, the modern French state stands for, whether it should be a secular state or whether it should be a Catholic state. And the Dreyfus Affair was a really key moment where that debate became a whole national debate, right? On the one hand, when you have this Jewish army officer um, accused of treason, you have half the country stand up and say, of course a Jew can't be trusted because he's not Catholic. And you have the other half of the country stand up and say, this is a secular state. Um, A person's merit is what should be measured, not his religion. And he was framed... um, so, you know, you have the country perfectly divided over the Jewish question. And, um, again, going forward, um, relationships between France and Israel, and I think of de Gaulle and Ben-Gurion. Yes. I mean, that's a pretty fraught history, right? <laughs> uh, because on the one hand, you know, for a long time, the French government was very supportive of Israel. Um, and then at a certain moment, there was a move towards the Arab world because of um, a desire for France in the moment of decolonization to maintain a favored relationship with the Arab states. And I think that has caused a lot of um, difficulty between Jews and Muslims on the ground in France. France has, the outside of Israel, the largest number of Muslims and Jews living as minorities in any country in the world. Lisa, you, you said, um, and it's such a fascinating concept that the interrelationship between kind of proudly Jewish and anti-Semitism are, are often just part of the same thing. It's presents in a different way. And I wondered to what extent what can be said for France can be said for other European countries. Yeah. I mean, I think that's true. And, and, you know, in some ways it's, you see it also very much in Germany. In England, it's it's interesting because we do kind of see that symbolism playing out now with the debates over BDS and the Labour Party, right? Mm -hmm. And that that symbolism is very potent. But I think France is the place that where it's the strongest. And in terms of what you will be talking at at Limud, do you want to just um, elaborate a little bit? Sure. Well, I'm giving three different talks at Limud. So one is about Jews and the French Revolution. The second is about Jews and Napoleon, and those are both on Saturday. And then on Sunday morning, I'll be talking about my book, The Archive Thief, which tells a 20th century story of a Jewish historian who stole from the archive. And obviously your book was is award-winning. I know you, you got um, recognized for that. Is that, uh, is that uh, based on a historical figure? 
Is Zosa Tchaikovsky a real person? Oh, yes. It's a true story. Zosa Tchaikovsky is one of the uh, founders of the academic field of French Jewish history. And it turns out that just as he was building his reputation as a scholar, he was stealing tens of thousands of documents <laughs> from archives in France that had to do with Jewish history and smuggling them out of the country to sell them to American Jewish libraries. And the question the book asks is, was this an act of rescue? You know, he started his work during the Holocaust. Um, or was this merely an act of selfish theft done purely for monetary reasons? And it kind of explores both sides of that moral question. Well, it sounds absolutely fascinating. So if you would like to hear Professor Lisa Leff and find out exactly why Tchaikovsky stole these manuscripts, you will have to go and see her at Limud. It is not too late to register. You can do so by phoning 083-451-9176 or you can register at www.limud.org.za. Lisa, thank you so much for joining me and enjoy the rest of your stay here in South Africa. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me.